It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back, everyone, to the FlowTrack Podcast. I'm Kevin. He's Gordon. FlowTrackPodcast at gmail.com is our email address. You can also find the show on YouTube where we are currently streaming live. Gordon, for the first time, taking this out for a spin. No pressure. I wonder how many people are going to watch this podcast live when we didn't tell anyone it was live for the first time ever. <laughs> you might have like three or four live viewers the entire podcast, but you're a part of the exclusive first ever live FlowTrack Podcast. So I appreciate it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. A historic week for us. We're trying some new things out here. I was off last week on paternity leave. Might be gone next week again on paternity leave. But in the interim, I know you're going to go on a trip too to film some workouts with some fast athletes throughout the country. So we're just we're just uh, tinkering a bit here. It's fair to say. Yeah, it'd be good. Uh, last week I missed you, man. Uh, had to do a podcast all by myself, but got through. Got through the week. Uh, Joel Embiid came back, made it to the Sixers, so that was good. But then the Sixers lost yesterday, so I'm still reeling from that. But overall, it was a, a strong week without you. Uh, you were missed, and I'm happy you're back. Thank you. Thank you very much. If people didn't listen to Gordon's pods last week, listen, I don't blame you. You probably saw, oh, Kevin's out. Maybe I don't want to dive in. But you had a star-studded cast. You had a range of topics. You had Nico Young on Monday. Then you had Carl Lewis on Wednesday. And the most notable part, I don't want to spoil the entire interview, but you tried to talk Philly sports with Carl Lewis, which was great. I like that you shoehorned that in there. And you wanted a Sixers take from him. And he kind of gave you just boilerplate. Yeah, they have a good young team. That's awesome. But then he went and up and fired the Eagles GM, which was amazing. And I don't know if you can get that in any other podcast in the world. You had one of the most famous Olympians firing the Eagles GM. And then you close out the week with a very interesting story about Waze Karadesh the Afghanistan 800-meter runner who's trying to fight to get into the Olympics. So you you touched on a lot of bases last week, Gordon. I'm impressed. Yeah, and I'm not sure if I want to publicize Carl Lewis's firing of Howie Roseman, the Eagles GM, because I think Carl <laughs> Do you like wants him? to – I don't want to ruin Carl's relationship with the Philadelphia Eagles franchise so that when he wants to go to a playoff game here or there, 
they're going to be like, hey, remember the podcast you did with Gordon Mack where he said you wanted to fire our GM? Yeah, you're, you're not getting box seats this time, buddy. So maybe I'm trying to protect Carl from future uh, VIP restrictions uh, down the road. So Okay, okay. Do you agree with him on that, by the way? Is that a reasonable opinion to have to get rid of the GM? A lot of people agree with him. I'm in the minority, and I do not agree with him. Okay. I think Howie Roseman's mistakes were mistakes that anyone else would have made and uncontrollable. He thought Carson Wentz was good. You pay someone that you think is good. He was good. It's not the GM's fault that Carson forgot how to play football. It's not the GM's fault mm -hmm. that the salary cap dropped $30 million because of pandemic. So, like, he did what gotcha. he did. In the moment, he made the right moves. The thing that they hold uh, – just turn to a Philadelphia podcast. The thing they hold the Eagles GM accountable for is, like, quote, bad draft picks. But here's the thing. You're, mm -hmm. Everyone has bad draft picks. If you cherry pick one pick here and there, you're always going to be like, hey, look, you should have gotten DK Metcalf, LOL. Yeah, but DK Metcalf went, went like 100th, right? They don't yell at the 99 picks before him and be like how stupid they are. They just kind of – compartmentalize gotcha. and narrative based shitty draft picks. So whatever. Okay. We got Jalen Hurts. He's now number one on a jersey. So we'll see how he does. Hopefully, hopefully it's a good year for Philadelphia. The Phillies are three and zero. Sixers are number one seed. Eagles are zero mm -hmm. and zero. Things are looking good. There you go. <laughs> Flyers not so. And good. then you, and you have one of the most famous Olympians trying to do some changes in management. To, I like it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So. So check out those pods is what I'm saying. Check out the pods. Not yes. for Gordon's sports takes, but for Carl Lewis's sports takes. We are going to dive into your rankings on this week's show. And when we do that, we're also going to go into some of the news and results of the past week as well. Because, listen, I was out of the loop, right? I was in the hospital for a couple of days. Come back. The general fog of having a new child is upon me. And I'm just getting news in bits and pieces. So I'm going to rely on you to, to fill me in if I didn't get the the whole story here but real quick before we jump in and there's people now watching so if you have questions about the rankings or an event you want us to focus on feel free throw it in the chat we will we will break it down for you but before we get into these events can you just tell people the brief way you put the rankings together which performances were considered which performances were not so it's kind of interesting right because these rankings originally came out in about january of 2020 when mm -hmm. we had no idea the world was about to shut down. So it's kind of interesting seeing what mm -hmm. I thought the top 15, top 20 athletes in each event were going to be at the start of 2020. Now, a year later, we had kind of a weird quarter of a season. Some people ran, some people didn't. In 2020, we had some indoor results now. So this is the latest I could get to of what have you done for me lately? What I think yeah. you can do for me down the line. And I base the rankings off of three factors. Three factors. Here we go, folks. Uh, 2021 marks. 2020. No, four factors. 2021 marks. Four factors, marks, folks. 2021 marks. 2020 marks. 2019 outdoor only marks. And 2019 USA finish. So there was a little bit of a factor of championship mm -hmm. performance. Um, okay. But I have to weight it kind of uniquely because let's be honest, are you the same person you were in 2019 as you are in 2021 in June? Probably not. But you should get a little credit for being a championship performer 
just because you have a, a yeah. slow PB, but hey, you, you won USA's. I shouldn't be like, oh, well, you're eighth now. So I have to balance all that. And the rankings are going to change as time goes on because as we get closer to USA, uh, the, the Olympic trials, the 2019 marks are going to become pointless. I'm going to remove them completely from the algorithm because mm-hmm. it's going to be what have you done for me lately by then. Because by then, everyone will have updated their what am I now uh, type performance. So those are the rankings. Okay. Top 15 in every event. Uh, we'll probably update it every two weeks or three weeks. And all of them are on the site for every single event. We're going to go through Correct. the running events. And then there's a few field events I wanted to to highlight because there are some things that are notable there. But let's go right into it. Let's start. Let's just start with 100 and move our way up here. Again, if you're in the chat, you want to know about a specific event, list that event and we'll get we'll get to it. Gordon will give you the full download. Maybe he'll tell you there to the test, you know, the decimal point, what the exact uh, rankings were like who had 0.87637214 versus you know, who was ahead by another tenth. Uh, men's hundred. Here we go. Uh, Bromel, Lyles, Gatlin, Baker, Rogers. Your top five. I can't really argue too much with that. Like I said a few weeks ago, I would have Bromel and Lyles one A, one B, basically. But you can't when you do a ranking, you have to pick one over the other. We can't have a tie at the number one spot. Bromel's indoor was was good enough. Obviously, his outdoor was solid last year as well, too. Uh, I can't really argue with with those ones. I am interested to see, though, that third spot, because I did see that Ronnie Baker showed up at the Texas Relays and ran 994, win legal. Got the standard, ready to roll there. If we think that Bromel and Lyles are really sure things for, for one and two, the race is going to be on for that that third and final spot. How do you see this race? Yeah, I think the order of Lyles and Bromel is going to be minuscule. Minuscule? I don't know. Is it minuscule? There we go. Minuscule. But it really is going to come down who's going to get that third spot. You have Baker, who's going to be the one with like a strong resume, like time wise. But Gatlin is going to be the veteran who's like, when's the last time Gatlin has tried to make a world team in the US final and not made it? I don't. I don't mm-hmm. remember. Do you? Can you think of the last time Gallon's not made a world team, where he tried? When he's been eligible to compete? Yeah, you gotta yeah. go back a ways. Yeah, you gotta go back a ways. So I get he's old. He's what? Is he forty now yet? Is he forty yet? Made thirty-eight, thirty-nine. He's gonna be thirty-nine. Yeah. See, you're asking me all these questions again. I've been gone yeah. for a week, Gordon. I'm not. I'm not as sharp as I you was. You lose before. track of Gatlin's age by then. Uh, so I'm blaming it. It's on gonna my son. like. I, I'm giving Gatlin a little bit of benefit of the doubt of hey. He shows up. Same reason why, like, Mike Rogers is there in the top five. Mike Rogers, yeah. he doesn't have a top five uh, season's best, but, hey, Mike Rogers finds a way to be on that relay pool every single year. So that's why he's kind of – I mean, he was second in 2019. Think about that. So I think the question is – I think those top five make sense. They're all established characters. What I'm interested in is not in the top 15 at all is two notable – well, you could say three notable uh, sprinters. Yeah. You have Makai Williams, the Oregon duck who just won the NCAA 60. You have Terrence Laird, mm-hmm. who was just ran a 1981. We'll talk about him later. And you have Matt Bowling. So there's like I feel like that's like the trio of the best like U.S. Um, sprinters yeah. in the NCAA right now. Right now, I don't have any of them in the top 15. 
And I think some of them will creep into the top 15 once they start running some faster outdoor performances. So, uh, but yeah. Okay. Those are the rankings. Gillespie, I'd keep an eye out for him. He was really solid uh, NCAAs in 2019 and was on the relay pool that, that went to Doha and got the medal. He's got a little more experience now. Gatlin, 39 years old. You're right. And then since 2012 has made every single team. We got a comment here in the chat from Nick says Baker second, Lyles third. Yeah, I think, listen, Baker was on a roll a couple of years ago. Remember that that really good run at the pre-classic? He got it going. I know he had some some injury issues in, in 2019. That's why he didn't even start his season until until USA's. But he's got a combination. He's been on the circuit for a long enough time. Uh, but you could still see where he's in the in the peak, the prime of his his career. So that could be ending up with a good pick. We should mention too, you're not including Coleman in this, and obviously Michael Norman. Correct. You don't think is going to quintuple. Unfortunately, yes. Michael Norman will not quintuple and run the four by one, four by four, one hundred, two hundred, and four hundred. Although we hope that he does. Let's jump over to the women's hundred here. A lot of youth. That was the theme when I went and looked through your women's sprint rankings because you have Shakira Richardson, Tiana Daniels. And TT Terry, one, two, three. And then actually going deeper than that, you have Kayla White, Kiara Parker. A lot of people who are in college would still be in college if they didn't go pro or recently graduated from college. Yeah, and these rankings probably are going to get a little bit flipped a bit because Leah Hobbs just ran a 1099. Um, yeah. The former LSU product, she's ranked sixth right now. So I can see her moving up. Uh, again, these were done before this past weekend's results. Uh, but yeah, she, Right now, I don't really see anyone touching Richardson. Uh, she, I remember when she ran a 1075 and then kind of bombed out at Nationals. We we're like, at USA's, I mean. We we're like, hey, was she a one mm. race wonder? Did she, she a knock on pro? Did she kind of flash in the pan? But her 2020 low key was really solid. She ran consistently sub 11 multiple times. Uh, so she's earned, even though she doesn't have really a championship performance to her name. 1075 yeah. is very far away from anything Tiana Daniels or Tunisia Terry are doing or the mm -hmm. older folks like, you know, English Gardner, Tori Bowie, Janet Prandini yeah. types. Yeah, Bowie will be an interesting wild card, obviously, a lot of experience there. I think, and I said it at the time with Richardson, she doesn't need to run 1075 even ever again to have a phenomenal career. Obviously, she could make the team running much slower than that. She could perhaps even win gold, depending on Fraser Price and Elaine Thompson and and the rest of the world. But ten seventy five uh, puts you puts you out there, but that doesn't mean it needs to be the uh, the reality. Uh, we got a comment here: Richardson, Hobbs, and Hill for the top three. Do you have Candace Hill in the in your Candace top Hill, fifteen no. here? Not in the top, not in the top fifteen right now, but someone that can move up. You're not considering here Lena Irby, Phyllis Francis, or Allison Felix. That would be that would be crazy. That would be crazy if uh, Allison Felix decided to jump in the hundred. I, you're you're listing people who had good PBs, but yeah. weren't considered. Just for full disclosure, correct? Yeah, that's the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's jump into the over the two hundred. Um, Actually, that was the 100 I was listing. Sorry, with the people who are not considering for the women. You're, for um, 200, you're not considering Felix. You're not considering Irby um, or Phyllis Francis. But who you are considering, again, you have Richardson. We'll start with the women on this one. Richardson, Steiner, and Thomas, one, two, three. Then Angie and Ellis, Brittany Brown round out the top 
five. Thomas has been running pretty well. I've seen she's got some some early season wins there. Richardson, she got beat by Nellis in that NCAA race, but that's so long ago now. It's hard to know how much that that matters. And again, the the, the ten seventy five carries a lot of weight here. Yeah, and she ran twenty two flat too, so she's the only one to run twenty two flat or faster. So she has the fastest PB. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm on the 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 new train that Shikari Richardson will not be uh left be not be not number one until she loses. So okay, she's getting That's a full enough. Olympic trials experience before I have any doubt in her now. So she gets yeah. one she well, gets one championship meet. Well, 2019 was such a weird situation with such a big break between USA's or NCAA's and USA's, and that's not going to be the case this year. And even if it was, she's on the pro schedule, not the collegiate schedule. Uh, it was inevitable that some people were not going to have a good time with that big break. Some people were fine and could transition. Some people couldn't. Men's 200. Men's 200. This is the event I've long said that I will bet my house on. And people might say, hey, Kevin, you just had another kid. Are you willing to risk financial security on Noah Lau's winning gold? Not only am I willing to do it, I'm willing to put down more money because I need more money because I have another kid. So load up even more cash on the Noah Lyles for gold. So it's no surprise he's the number one ranked runner in the U.S. Then you have Kenny Bednarik, number two, and then Terrence Laird, who ran that 1981. Man, that 1981 was impressive, Gordon. I got to say, it I was, was like, ooh, is there wind? Is there wind? Is there wind? No, it's legal? Okay, here's Terrence Laird. Here's, we're waiting for another guy in the 200. There he is. And the thing crazy about that is that was run by the guy who got second at NCAAs. So it makes you think, all right, right. what can bowling do? Bowling's probably got to be in that same range. So then it gets you excited for when they get to face off again at SECs and NCAAs. It's like, hey, if they're both on the track, they're going to push each other even crazier. We could see like a 19-7 in the NCAA final because Whoa. Laird and Bowling are going to be pushing each other. That's what I think. We had 1981 by himself. 19-7. Yeah, that was fast. That was, that was, I think, the race he wanted. Remember in uh, – at, at NCAA indoor, I mean, it's an indoor 200, totally different. And he, you know, had a little bit of trouble navigating that bend. If I'm remembering that, that, that last part, right. Obviously that was the race that he wanted to have in Fayetteville and put it together outdoors. One name you didn't have on here that I think is interesting. And obviously the 200 comes with, for the men comes with a lot of caveats because you're not considering Michael Norman, but the, the high schooler, Arion Knighton, who just, he ran 20.3 this past weekend and, and beat some beat some pro runners in that field. But I'm curious to see where he ends up and what sort of races he's going to get into in the lead up to the trials. Yeah, I mean, right now, though, like, it's hard to be in the top 15. I mean, everyone in my top 15 has run, like, 20.2 or faster. You know, 20.0, yeah. 20.1s, 20 and sub-20. So 20.3, while it's good and – like you said, he just be Josephus Lyles, Jareem Richards. He'd be some decent people. You got to wait till he's running low 20s, like 20 flats, mm -hmm. to really be in the conversation for I can make a U.S. final. I could see him doing it. I mean, if he finds a way to lower that PB a little bit more and is kind mm -hmm. of peaking at the right moment and he comes into the U.S. trials with a 20.09 like, PB, then I could yeah. see it. He could have like a Michael Norman slash Noah Lyles type Olympic trials where they kind of 
mm-hmm. surprising everyone and making that making that final. Um, but right now, twenty point three is good, but you got to be a little bit better to kind of start cracking that top fifteen for me. Yeah, I could see him making the final. I think that would be a huge accomplishment in the yeah in the same way that Lousy Norman did it in twenty sixteen. Checking out on the chat here. Uh, Caleb wants to know, will he still be on Spotify? Yeah, they'll still be on Spotify. Just Gordon wants to be a YouTube star and a Spotify star at the same time. So he's got to diversify. And then Lewis says, Eli Hall with three exclamation points. Hey, man, I'm all on the Eli Hall train. I'm, there's no bigger fan of the Eli Hall than me. However, he hasn't really like put together a strong performance since his, 20, his crazy 2018 year. Um, mm-hmm. I know he's dealing with some injuries, but like we need Eli Hall to come out and run like twenty point one, and be like, all right, then I b- start believing it. But until Eli Hall starts running a little faster, um, he's gonna be on the back burner for me. But again, if he does show up and put up a a top fifteen type PB mark, yeah. then I'll start being like, all right, Eli Hall, I'll be back on the train. But right now, he's on the back burner. Men's four hundred. Men's 400, you have Norman, Curly, which I don't think anybody would disagree with those two being the top two. Maybe you flip the order, maybe you don't. But then you got a big group after that. Kamari Montgomery, Nathan Strother, Trevor Stewart round out the top five. I did see that Fred Curley ran a 10.03 win legal this weekend. So gonna get into that sub 10 sub 44 club just needs to run a sub uh sub 2200 if he does that so he can join that elite group there i'm wondering i have a couple questions here Noah williams should he be higher the ncaa indoor champion from lsu well i what is he i mean he ran 4471 i mean everyone in this everyone in this list has run sub 45 seconds right so like Mm -hmm. People, you need a like running forty four isn't really like a I'm a top three favorite anymore. You got to be running low forty fours consistently. Um, so I think, yeah, NCAA champ, but it's an indoor champion. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. there's no indoor Olympics. Winning NCAA indoors doesn't mean everything. That's true. Some people are better outdoors, uh, but you know, I'm. I don't feel like he needs to be any higher right now. He hasn't really done much to say like, hey, you are top five. I mean, who do you put him above? Will London? I don't think so. Cherry and Norwood, which I always confuse well, with each other. Uh, Bryce Deadman. Maybe another – well, may, I, I was thinking Deadman because another college guy, right? You could compare college guys to college guys. but Yeah, but Deadman just ran well at Texas Relays. Okay, well, that, that's what I'm saying. You got to fill me in here. I was gone a little bit. A little out of loop. Last thing I saw was Noah Williams just tearing up in Fayetteville. I'm like, number one ranked. Number one in the nation. Uh, I like I like the order uh, in general. I think it's I think it's going to form here. It, Norman, you, we just need to see these guys race more. We need to see an all-out yeah. 400 from Norman and Curly. It's obviously been a long time. Uh, Norman had the great run at Mount Sac in 2019, and then – Curly beat him at USA's, and then it looked like Norman was on the going to get him again at Worlds, but then Norman got hurt. Curly ends up with the medal, but I think most people right now uh, would not disagree with your order. Women's side, 
man, this women's 400 is really interesting. So you have Francis, or sorry, Jonathan, then Francis, Wembley, Ellis, Okolo, Irby, Kalen Roberts, Allison Felix, Chloe Ablett, Kathleen Campbell. That's the, the top 10 here. And it's funny, the notables not considered here is a who's who of women's 400 <laughs> meter running, but in other events, Shamir Little, Athing Mo, Delilah Muhammad, and Sydney McLaughlin. And one I want to point out. That should be a 4x4 four four right there. That well, Shamir Little. I did see that Shamir Little goes 50.19 at Texas Relays. And if you've been paying attention to the women's 400 over the past couple of years, outside of the world championships and maybe the top, top diamond leagues, for a U.S. runner to run 50 low is rare. It makes me wonder if Little is going to throw her hat into the open four as well as the four-meter hurdles. Uh, I'm going to have to ask question. Is it possible schedule-wise? I know there's been times when, like, Ashley Spencer tried to do both, but kind of – I think she ended up not making either team maybe. I, I don't recall. But I know it's hard to do both because it's six 400s you have to run, right? It's three rounds yeah. and three rounds. A lot of running 400s. So uh, it's like a six-by-400 crazy workout over a week period. <laughs> well, okay, so the women's – at the trials, the women's – 400 is in the is in the first half and then obviously you have the the two-day break in the middle and then the four meter hurdles starts on those last those last three days days eight nine and ten of the four meter hurdles so you could definitely do it the problem is yeah the cumulative effect of the fatigue all i'm offering is that i would want to stay a hundred miles away from the women's four meter hurdles if i could avoid it and if i had just as good a shot in both you have to think that people would opt for at least having a shot at the 400 where there well, is so much question. uncertainty. Here's my question. The 400 relay yeah, pool is top eight because there's a mixed relay because our sport's crazy and has yeah. mixed relays for no reason. Anyway, top eight. And it's going to be top eight from the 400 final. Yeah. If you're Shamir Little. Okay. First of all, let's think about trying to make it individually. Shamir Little. Would you rather go try to be top three when there's a race that has Muhammad and McLaughlin or be top three when there's a race that has Jonathan and Francis, both who have run sub 50? You, You'd rather I mean, run the 400. The 400. Rather run the 400, easy, but they're both hard. Point. They're both hard. They're both hard. Oh, yeah. I'm not, it's Olympic trials. Yeah. They're all – here's the thing. But in one event, you're running against the fastest two people in history. The odds of Shamir Little – getting top eight in the 400 or a hundred percent. Like they would yeah. never make those odds because she's a thousand percent guaranteed. So if she chooses to do the 400, she's thousand percent guaranteed to be an Olympian because she'll be in the four by four pool at the worst. Thousand percent is good odds. Maybe I should put thousand my house percent. on that. But if she's in the, if she's in the 400 hurdles and she yeah. somehow gets fourth, loses Ashley Spencer, which could happen. They're both – I look at them yeah. even. All of a sudden, yeah. she's going to be looking at 51-second, 400 women bragging about being on the Olympic team when she's like, I could smoke you. I'm a full second yeah. faster than you. Part of me hopes that they kind of – they would recognize this, but I don't think they – would they? Would they recognize – say Shamir Little it's like, all right, going all – I still think she'll do the hurdles. If she gets fourth in the hurdles, we would be dumb to not put Shamir Little – in the 400 meter hurdle pool. I mean, 400 meter relay pool. But 
Would they do that? They're not going to. They no, to they're not going to add that. They have, they'll have a big enough roster as is because then you're going to have to bump somebody out there open for pool. They're not going to do yeah, that. Yeah, but the open four pool is going to be like a 51 second person. And you're like, yeah, yeah 50.1. They would have to be like, we're dumb if we don't put Jameer Little in our 400. You know, like yeah, that. but the rules are the rules. And this is one thing where I would I would side with them on it. Hey, you want to run the 4x4? Four four? You want to be guaranteed to run the 4x4? Four four? Run the 400 at the trials. That seems so like a stupid. fair. That that's seems like a fair, fair. trade off, or or be good enough to where you make it in another event, and then we can pull you over like they did with the hurdlers last time. Yeah, that's because what what are we basing this? Then we're just going to go based off of of times then, and not not competition. I don't like that. Let's jump over to the four hurdles though, real quick while we're talking okay. about this, just because I think it is it's useful to compare these two to see which one. Um, she would opt for. So obviously in the foreign hurdles, you have Muhammad Spencer, or sorry, Muhammad McLaughlin. Then you have Ashley Spencer. Then you have Shamir Little, Tate, Carter, Cockrell um, are the top seven. You know, there might be another person who emerges from here, right? A college kid who, who gets hot at the right time. But even if they don't, and it stays about where it's at, yeah, Little's going to be battling with Spencer, Tate, Carter, at minimum for that final spot and then you have to assume that those two you know those two spots two fastest women in history they're going to be fine they're going to get through versus the 400 where yeah you have jonathan and francis and you have shakima wimbley obviously no field is easy <laughs> that's that's why it's hard to make the olympics in the united states but it's just it's not close it's not close when you compare those two about which one will be more difficult especially if you've already run 50.19 you already have that in the bank, and it's 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 April. Yeah. Well, I just think it. The thing is, like, she really is just racing one person in a four hundred hurdle. She has to be top one in a two person race between her and Ashley Spencer. So it's a you could argue fifty percent chance, but in the four hundred, you know, there's just a bunch of there's a bunch of people. I mean, Jonathan's run forty nine, Francis run forty nine, Wembley's run fifty point two. Ellis 50.38, Irby's run 50.5, Okolo 50.8. Yeah. So, like, it's a bunch of 50-point people. I feel like you could accidentally fall off into fourth in a 400 more than you could in a 400 hurdles. I don't know. Yeah, but you could know. also win. She could win the open four. That's a possibility yeah. at the trials. So there's three yeah. spots open versus one spot open. I just think I think there's gonna be somebody else too that's gonna be there. We've all we've seen in years past how deep that women's formula hurdles is gonna be, and there's gonna be another person besides Spencer and Little there. Whether or not it's Tate or Carter or Anna Cockrell gets on a roll, like there's gonna be somebody else there who gets dragged along to to a, a quick do, time. Do you think if you're a 400 meter runner like a Jonathan or Francis Wembley Ellis Okolo, Irby Roberts, all these people, Felix? Are you kind of embarrassed that the four best 400-meter runners don't do your event? Like, they don't train for my your event, like, and they're still better than you? Like, that's kind of – that's got to be a little bit, like, embarrassing, no? <laughs> no. I don't – look, you're going against – again, we're, like – I don't think – because we're in the moment. We're not appreciating how good McLaughlin and Muhammad are. I guess the two best in the history of the event. Of course, they're going to be good at it when you take away. 
the barriers. And I think the women's foreign is going to get going again this year on the U.S. side, right? Because internationally, well, college freshmen internationally, better than them. Like, come on. Internationally. Well, again, this is the thing. You're always talking about a thing, Mo, as if she's just like, well, a random college freshman showed up at College Station and started running it. She broke the collegiate record in the 800. She's not, she's a generational talent. She's not just some person who showed up. Look, the women's 400 as a whole has been really good the last couple of years, really fast. You got to go back, you know, go back to Doha and look at what Nasser and Miller Weibo did. So I think that's going to kind of trickle over to the to the U.S. side. We're going to see faster U.S. times. I don't think the times that were run in 2019 are going to hold up again in, in 2021. All I'm saying is even if it gets quicker, you're still not going to have the situation where the two best of all time are in your event, and you're also really good in another event. It makes sense to, to explore that option. Um, I'm looking here at the chat here. Leverage King says, Irby, Quinera Hayes, and Felix, that's an interesting trifecta there. You could put some, you make some money. It sounds like a troll. If, if you go, it sounds like a troll. You go to well, Quinera Hayes. I like so the Irby. The Irby pick is interesting, right? So she does. She has the crazy race in in uh, Eugene in 20, 2018, Correct? Yeah, twenty eighteen. Yeah. Um, goes pro. Obviously, there were some growing pains getting adjusted, but twenty twenty during the lockdown, she had some good runs um, and is getting back. It looks like she's getting back into that form. And if she can run, you know, she's run under 50 seconds, that puts her in, in the mix. Yeah, Quinter Hayes would be a long shot. Felix, again, I'm not going to – I'm I'm more optimistic on, on Felix than you are. I think she's got a shot just based on what she did in so few races in 2019. But we'll go to the men here. We'll go to the men. We got we went down a 400, 400-meter hurdle rabbit hole here. Um We'll go to the, actually. We'll go to the eight hundred. How about that? Does that sound good? Eight hundred. Sure. Yes. No. You like eight hundred? Okay. I was going to say something controversial, but I'm, I'll hold it. I'll okay. hold it back. Uh, Leverage King wants to clarify that he's serious. So there you go. This is he's not trolling. He <laughs> says, right, what, what, uh, "Quinera Hayes, what is twenty-two most recent?" He said, "Ran twenty-two sixty-eight yesterday, getting her speed right." So there you go. There you go. Um, if we're gonna get to every event, we gotta we gotta keep it rolling here, though. Uh, although I I do appreciate the interaction. Uh, Eight hundred men: Brazier, Hopple, Murphy. Top three. Was it difficult to put them in that order, Gordon? No, very Gordon, easy. Uh, Gordon, I need you to focus I, on the eight hundred. Focus on the eight hundred. Stop googling time. Sorry. Gordon Harris is better than I I I I I feel like I was being a little rude, but I don't think she's going to be top three. If I'm wrong, I'll I'll eat that crow. Anyway. Top, uh, 800, very easy. Brazier, Hopple, Murphy. Um, yeah, I think this is probably the easiest top three to kind of everyone and their moms can say, there's your top three. I mean, the only people to break 44 sec, 144, they're only yeah. people to break 144 high. Like everyone else is running 145s, 146s. Yeah. You could see Isaiah Harris or Isaiah Jewett or someone like that come in and have a breakout 144 performance, but. Brazier's running 142s. Hopple's running 143s. Murphy is running 143s, 144 lows. It's yeah. those three. Uh, cut and dry. I think prior to this weekend, you know, Dixon in that fourth spot, an intriguing pick, although he struggled at that Texas, Texas A&M dual meet, ran a 151. And then I, I, I thought Harris had a good weekend. He 
gets a massive 50, you know, he's not known as a 1500 meter runner, but runs 342 in the 1500 out in that meet in, in Prairie View. So I, I would put Harris right now fourth. Also, he's, he's ran an 800 this year. He ran that one in Austin and looked pretty solid. So just the fact we're less than three months away. If you're running right now and you look healthy, that's a good sign. The people who aren't running right now, and, and maybe if they didn't run in 2020, you're starting to ask a, a few questions like, okay, well, when am I going to see this? We've been waiting yeah. for a year. When am I going to see it? So someone like Harris, you, you feel good about from the perspective of, we know he was banged up before in 2019, went to the trials without the standard, uh, went to USA's, excuse me, without the standard in 2019. But now, now you know he's healthy. He's piling up solid races. Um, I think he'll be there when it matters with a chance to, to, to grab a spot. But yeah, Brazier, Hopple, one, two, solid. Women's eight. Women's eight's fascinating. And for the purposes of this discussion, we're not considering Houlihan. You took Corey McGee off, Sinclair Johnson, Eleanor Perrier, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but your rankings are as follows. Wilson, Rogers, Green, Moe, Grace in the top five. I, mean, I would have Mo in the top three. We've talked about that ad nauseum on the show. She just ran a 416, 1500. Green, green, it's green. It's, it's, it's Wilson clear. Number one, she won, you know, talk about someone who just shows that they're informed constantly. Wilson looked good in the race in Austin. Rogers ran at Prairie view, but I think she ran the quarter. The weather was really bad. So I'm not going to read anything into that other than uh, she's at least healthy enough to, to get on the start line. I think she'll be fine. And obviously she's just got so much for how young she is. Like Rogers has a lot of big race experience. And then I would put Mo in there in, in third right now. Okay. Um, her PB, P, her PB just a little bit, her PB just a little bit behind Hannah Green, and she's running better right now. And I gotta say, uh, I like the fact of anybody who can qualify for the NCAA meet in three different events. Not that she's gonna run three, but she's gonna she's gonna have to declare on 400, 800, and fifteen hundred, which is gonna be cool. I, if she, I'm assuming she's gonna run an open quarter at some point. I'm just thinking a thing though is the attractive pick, but. Like, we are just – I don't think we – I think we kind of ignore Hannah Green because Aja Wilson has mm -hmm. uh, been good since I was a teenager and I'm dominating Diamond Leagues. Raven Rogers has the – I was a really good – I was dominating at University of Oregon and then I went on to do well at Worlds. But, like, Hannah Green beat Raven Rogers at USA's. She was second. Mm -hmm. Her season's best is .01 slower. Raven Rogers ran 158.18. Hannah Green has won 158.19. Yeah. So the same time, Hannah Green has beaten Raven Rogers. A thing Mo was fifth at USA's. She lost to Olivia Baker. I know she's better now, but like, I think we just kind of, we just already magically say, well, it's Wilson Rogers are the good ones. Hannah Green is like that outcast who isn't really part of the I'm a good 800 meter. <laughs> Uh, that's not what I said. I just started putting a thing more ahead but of like, her. We just like, pick Hannah Green because it's out. like we're not used to seeing Hannah Green be – I just think we are overlooking Hannah Green. I think there's a lot of Hannah Green disrespect going around. I think she deserves more respect. Do, she was sec she's second. She was second at USA's. She was won 158.19. Yeah, we're going to give the college kid – be like, oh, no, you're just – you're not as good as a college kid. Well – if Hannah Green was in those races, how do we know she wouldn't have just smoked a thing, Mo? Right? We don't know that. I mean, if you look at we Hannah don't. Green's, uh, right. 
2020, 2021, she yeah. she ran a she won a race in Seattle in two hundred one fourteen. So she won okay. that. She got she ran a 1500. We're we're bragging about a thing Mo's four sixteen. She ran four ten in a fifteen hundred. It's a little better, six seconds faster. Uh, and she ran a four twenty nine mile. So like she's showing she has the strength. That tells me she's not gonna be tired in round three of an eight hundred. We don't know if a mm-hmm. thing Mo can go through three different eight hundred rounds. It's a lot of I just think She's going to have the experience. She's going to have the strength. I'm going to say right now, Hannah Green is my lock. For, <laughs> I, I, you, you can have uh, Aji Wilson as your lock. I'm taking Hannah Green as my okay, lock I will. to make the world team. I like the confidence. I like the confidence. I don't know how that started, where it started and ended where it ended, but I appreciate the fact that you have that much confidence in her um victor wants us to talk about craven gillespie we did we did at the beginning i said watch out for him in the in the hundred he must have missed the beginning of the thing uh, and then someone jono thinks you don't know what you're talking about wimberly has run 49 irby has run 49 you two are either what? talking to be controversial or just favoritism so yeah, is that me saying that they're not we're... that's that's i think it's because going? i said that i think delilah muhammad and sydney mclaughlin are better than Irby and Wimbledon. Oh, I see. And they are. Oh, I see. I'm I sorry, see. but like, I see. Sid McLaughlin and Dylan Muhammad are going to split 48 high on four by fours. They're, that's what, the, like, I would take, if you take them in an open 400, they're going one, two over Wimbledon and Irby. And Irby ran 49 a long time ago. It's like three years ago. She's more of a 50 point runner now. I don't know. I don't think it's, disagree. I thought he's talking good. about, I thought, yeah, I thought I thought he was talking about the order, and I was like, "You have uh, Wimberly in third there," and I, I would I would have Irby I would have Irby higher up, like I would have Irby ahead of Ocolo on your on your list, and I obviously would keep Jonathan's up there just based on how she ran in in Doha, because um, she did that after a long NCAA season. In any event, okay, so eight hundred, you're locking up. Uh... Irby didn't make the four hundred final in twenty nineteen. Let that be known. um i lost you you broke out right you, you broke you broke up i was just gonna say i respect the fact that you're betting uh your salary on hannah green i think that's a pick that nobody else is yeah. going to make uh we did get another I comment here it. speed versus speed versus endurance 800 not fair to compare their 15 what's green's 400 this year see there you go there's the counter argument which is which is fun that's why the 800 is fun you could always you could look at it from from the other perspective i are we? Are these picks basically? Are these like what are their rankings right now? Because a pit, that's two different questions. Because I'm not saying Mo is a lock to get there. I've never said that. All I said was once you're on the collegiate record, she's clearly, if you're ranking them, she'd have to be in the top three. That's my point. I don't know, Hannah Green. Baby. How are you looking at these? How are you? Are, are are you looking at these as projections, or are you looking at these as how they're at right now? I mean, it's a combination of both. I okay. mean, I guess it's based off of – I mean, the problem is a lot of these athletes don't give you a lot of data points. Like, we don't know yeah. what – So, like – and you have to assume that athletes aren't trying to break world records, like, in January. Like, so yeah. you have to give athletes the benefit of doubt that they are timing their season to be the best in June so you can't hold yeah. them accountable for slower performances now. 
So it's a little, it's it's a projection of how I think the results will be in June, and those projections will change if new athletes or old athletes do impressive performances in the now. But they have to be okay. incredibly impressive. Like if I if I if the thing moves running one fifty seven, incredibly impressive. I'll, That's a high bar, man. I'll have a cha- I'll have a change of mood. I'll have a change of mood. Okay. Uh. I would buy right now based on these rankings. I buy Nia Aiken stock. You have her down there in, in twelfth. Aaliyah Miller's interesting too because we just saw what she did at NCAA's going from come going from the front and winning that race. Uh, I like the people who are going to have momentum going in. Now this is too far out to continue your momentum, but whoever starts to get on a roll outdoors again, trials are coming up so soon that that uh, there's not really many many more opportunities um to to build like a good solid win streak 1500 time 1500 time so this is interesting let's start first with the men i don't think i disagree with your men's rankings i'm just to say that right off the bat i know it's not and I, I don't think it's going to be that i don't think it's going to be you know that's not the argument that's going to loop people in and get people interested but i I have to be honest here. I think Centro is still number one, and that's where you have him because of his track record. And yeah, he ran that one race and finished eighth, and Oliver Hoare ran away with it, and and he drifted back. But we've seen Centro have not so great beginnings to seasons, and he knows how to get it right at the right time. Hawker number two, again, don't disagree with it. I do not disagree with it. Okay, he goes and at that this Hayward Premier Meet. He sweeps, he runs 338 high, and then a 146.6. He just has this way about him where he is able to pull out victories. He's able to time his kick perfectly, and he has that burst over the finish. The thing you'd have to be worried about with Hawker or or anybody else at this point is on the college side, like – how long can you sustain this basically right like say for example you ran some of those random 2020 end of 2020 meets so you did those you're just super jazzed right i get to get out and compete again the, the pandemic ruined my season and then you're just running on all this enthusiasm and you run the a couple winter races and then you go into indoor and now you're with your team again and then you're racing and this is so exciting and then whoa outdoors here now and we have a new stadium and this is so exciting Eventually, I think that's going to catch up to you. I don't know who it's going to catch up to uh, and who it's not going to impact, but just running on this enthusiasm of being able to compete again, I think is is, is going to have a, a shelf life. Now, Hawker does not look like anybody who's slowing down at this time. And to me, Gordon, tell me if this is an apt comparison for you. It's, it's not a perfect comparison because they run different events. And obviously, Hawker ran faster, but Hawker 2021 – it's starting to feel like Hopple 2019 to where he just gets these wins. Like when I was watching that 800, that's what I thought. He ducked through on the inside and just was able to jet away. And his win streak isn't nearly as long as Hopple's is. And he's running a different event. Obviously, he had the collegiate record. But he's just finding – he just finds ways to finish first um, over these past couple meets. That has really impressed me. So you have him there at two and then Angles – at three, Negusia four, Josh Thompson five, Blankenship six. I think after those six, if you were having odds, it would drop off pretty, 
pretty precipitously there. I mean, you'd, you'd want, you know, Gregorik's got a great PB, so you, you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't count him out. But I think you could say that top six, if if you could bet on track, would be would be the six that would get the most action. Yeah, because obviously Centro, the establishment, he's an Olympic champ. Hawker, he has shown he can he has he has the wheels, uh, and he's run a fast mile. Nagus has shown he has the wheels. Craig Angles has been consistently top three recently. Josh Thompson has a fast PB. Blankenship has made multiple teams, and then Gregoric has yeah. a, a, a big PB. But the rest of like Henry Wins, Sam Prakles, Kiati, Isaac Yorks, Eric Avila, Trip Hurt, Colby Alexanders, those types. You're a 336 guy, basically, maybe 335, but you haven't really done something crazy to really earn a a top three finish. I mean, look, I'm saying this now, and watch one of them will be making the team because it's a 1500 <laughs> and anything happens. But like we said, the but it's hard. If you, if you go in without the standard, kind of I, this yeah. this would be a good research project for you. If you go in without the standard, how often do you come away in the in the top three? Because we always talk about that. Oh, this person's going to have to go. I remember in 2016 they were starting Twitter yeah, they tried. trying to figure out who is going to go fast to to get to, to get the standard, and it's just it's so much to manage in, in a race that yeah that, that that's hard enough. So I think. Because if you are good the enough to get the standard, like yeah, if you're good enough right, to get right. the standard in a championship race, you would have gotten it by then. Yeah, but it, it just makes the it makes this the race a little more dynamic because then you're just wondering, well, is this person going to go or is this person going to not go? And then it lasts usually for about eight hundred or thousand meters, and then they just reality sets in. But with Hawker, okay, after that mile run in in Fayetteville even before the 3k even in that that hour between the, the mile and the 3k it was like like a cult kind of like a weird question of like man can this guy make the Olympic team but then when you actually list out who the candidates are it makes complete sense it does not seem like a weird contrarian sort of prisoner of the moment type pick it seems completely logical that that he could finish top three when you actually look at who's in contention yeah, the men's fifteen hundred is much easier than the women's eight hundred. So therefore, the, yeah. the superstar college kid running out of their mind, I think, is more likely to see that success translate to an Olympic trials top three in this event mm -hmm. because of the depth. I mean, hell, I think two guys, two college kids, are going to be top four. So, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, maybe Nagus, we'll start. Nagus will be interesting. Down the road, and then things will change. But until then, yeah. Women's side. Now, this is going to be obviously defined by who ends up running the the fifteen hundred. The five k comes first, but so you're not considering Schweizer, Schneider, Roberry, obviously Coburn, Quigley in the steeple, and then Cranny. We think will run the longer stuff. So your rankings here: you have Houlihan, Purrier, Simpson, Hiltz, Osika, Grace, Sinclair, Johnson, Corey McGee, Helen Schlachterhofen, and then you have Danny Jones in. 10th my only thing that i found that i would have done differently is i probably would put sinclair johnson a bit higher maybe i would have had her not in seventh but maybe maybe fifth or fourth right there with hilts remember hilts just edged her to get that spot in, in in 2019 but other than that i i think the top three i think the top three fits in some order obviously i wouldn't be 
shocked if Jenny Simpson ends up ahead of Eleanor Purrier or vice versa. Shelby is the is the clear favorite here. Was this one difficult to do? Well, no, because now that we know that Ellie Purrier is running the 15 over the 5K, it just yeah. it makes it the top three very Wait, do we know that known? for sure? I mean, do we know that for sure? Yes. Did she say that? We know that for sure. Oh, she did. When did she said that? Coach tell me. Coach told me. I'm going to film okay, a workout well, out there this week. So I found okay. out. And you got to choose 15 or five, and she's shooting the 15. And they said, the coach said to me, um, because she has a better shot at meddling at Worlds in the 15 than she does in the 5K. So mm -hmm. at World, at, at the Olympics. So like, it's not about thinking of like, what, because probably the best way to probably make a team is by going the 5K route. Right. Yeah. yeah. You could argue that, but she's now in the mode of like, it's not about trying to make the Olympics. It's about what is the best path to getting an Olympic medal. And that's yeah. why 15. And that's why Shelby is doing a 15 over to five. Right. So I think Shelby and Ellie are both choosing the same route because they realize, all right. Did you talk to her coach too? No, but you see Shelby's kidding. going to do the 15 because yeah, I think yeah. that's, they're just thinking like, Hey, we're in the same categories as the, you know, um, crap. I'm trying to think of international 1500 runners. Can't. Faith Kipigan, Laura Muir. Yeah, Kip, yeah. Muir, yeah. All mm -hmm. those, yeah. But like, Gudolf Hassan yeah. is going to be a lot harder to, sounds a lot harder to be. And just the, the 5K is just crazy. So, yeah. It's a different, it's a different beast. I could see Shelby just because of her, her 14, 20 and change run that she would be confident in a 5K, but. Per year, it, it makes sense, and there is those weird events. You you you're you're dead on about that. Where it's it's easier to med, make the team, but it's harder to medal, and vice versa. So do you take the chance of making it a harder path to get to the Olympics, knowing that when you get to the Olympics, you could get on the medal stand versus you, you jump in something longer and and it's going to be more difficult. So that's interesting interesting thing to to keep track of. Speaking of the five thousand men. Chalimo, Fisher, Kincaid, Lamong, McGordy. So basically you have Paul Chalimo and the Bowerman Track Club here. <laughs> and then six, Joe Klecker, seventh, Emmanuel Bohr, eight, yeah. former Bowerman, Ryan Hill, nine, Cooper Tier, got Tier, a college kid in there, and Shadrach Kipchurcher, tenth. Yeah. I think the notes that I would take from this is of my top ten – yeah. Only three ran the 5K at USA's in 2019. So Fisher didn't run it. McGordy didn't. Mm -hmm. Lecker didn't. Bohr didn't. Uh, Hill didn't. Tier. Kip Churcher. All of them didn't do it. Yeah. So I feel like it's very different from what we saw because I have Ben True 11th. He was 7th. He actually represented because of uh, people scratching. Yeah. Drew Hunter hasn't been you know, on fire lately. 12 Hassan Mead that we haven't seen a lot 13th so it's a kind of a changing of the, I feel like this is the changing of the guard year when the McGordy's and the Fishers and the Joe Kleckers like that era starts becoming yeah. the consistent top five over what used to be like the Lamongs the Ryan Hills you know yeah Ben Trues and imagine it's like kind of a change and imagine scene. you have to think that at least one, potentially two, of this top 
five will run the 10K and make the 10K team? And do they come back and run the 5K at the end of the meet? We saw LeMong do that in in Des Moines in, in 2019. Obviously, he didn't end up competing it because he didn't have the standard. But what if those guys end up scratching out? What if LeMong and Fisher make it in the 10,000 and then don't run the 5,000? Then it gets really wide open for those spots Yeah. at that point. And then you're going to go even deeper down on the list. Yeah, I mean, I think LeMong's going to make the tank team but still run and get fourth here. Like, yeah. I don't think he'll scratch. He might scratch. No, I think he'll probably still try to do both. Like, they're – LeMong's not – I think the only way LeMong would scratch if it's like he's scratching and his teammate gets to go. I think they would do that for their teammate. It's like, hey, you're, you're better in the 10 anyway. Yeah. It's your second event. You could get Sean McGordy in the meet. That would be a good move to a teammate to move. You made enough – world championships and global Olympics and all that stuff to like, do you need to double in your weaker event just so you can go again? I, I feel like that wouldn't make sense. I don't know though, that the men's five and 10 internationally is really interesting right now. Cause you, I mean, you don't know what Mo Farah has. You don't she, know. Uh, how, Mo is, well, you, come on. well, obviously chapter guy is great, Ink, but Inga Britson, like you're assuming he's going to run the, the the five thousand as well. Too. There's a lot of uncertainty, so I wouldn't blame anybody for wanting to cast a wide net at the Olympics and have as many shots as they can at getting getting a medal. True. The the interesting thing about Lamong last real race July tenth last year. Now that's where he broke thirteen in the five k. So it was a good it was a good last race, but we haven't seen him in in quite a long time in a real in a real race. Um, you do have him number one in the ten k, which we'll get to. In a second, after we do this women's group, where you have Schweizer, Roberry, Schneider, Cranny, Frazier, Infeld, Sisson, Hall, Bahalski, and then Lapare, the top 10. This one is just, man, it's still a great race. But I just thought this was going to be it, man. And then they moved it. And then they moved it to the to the front of the meet. So just it just changes it. Because you look at the list of not notables not considered – and then it's uh, it's a great group of people who aren't going to be running it as well. But I, I'm with you. I think Schweizer is the clear favorite here. I think she can kick and she's got the strength. And then I think there's another eight or or so women who could be in the top three. Yeah. Uh, Shannon Roberry is kind of be that veteran. I mean, there's a lot of like kind of last hurrah type athletes. You have the LeMongs, the Gatlins, Roberries. Uh, Allison Felix, these people who've been, you know, consistently in the top three contention mm -hmm. or making top threes for the past like decade or so, you gotta think this is their last Olympics. Maybe they try to extend one more for Eugene, but Roberry, we've kind of forgotten the how good she was. She kind of dropped off. Yeah. She, you know, she had a baby. She came back. Uh, you know, it takes time to come back from that. But she ran fourteen forty five last year. She's ready to yeah. go. I think she, I think she, she was sixth. I consider the 2019 champs her rust buster where she got six. <laughs> and now that she got her yeah. rust buster, two years later, she's ready to come back and, and be a top three. And then Schneider, and I think, can... I mean, she, she, I can because it's a weaker field, no Houlihan, no Purier, she could definitely finish in the top three. Yeah. I Cranny's is interesting because she runs obviously the amazing 10,000. I mean, she's run a good five as well too but she runs the amazing uh, 10,000 so I, I think she could make this team as well it just depends on what 
what she does, but you have her a little lower than I think most people. Well, even in the yeah, 10, have a, you have her pretty low, right? Yeah, what do you have I've her in the fourth. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a kicker's race. And I just think Schneider has a better kick than Cranny right now. I mean, Schneider's run like four flat. You have and you yeah so the ten thousand you have Cranny fifth and then you have Schneider fourth Huddle Sisson and and Schweizer there now remember the five comes first so Schweizer runs the five makes the five maybe she doesn't run I think Sisson and Huddle are going to end up going all in on this race on the ten thousand but Schneider maybe doesn't run it she doesn't run the ten you know, it's different when you put the ten at the end of the meet. <laughs> As opposed to the yeah. five, because asking someone to come back for a longer race and run another 25 laps is tough. So I, you could see a scenario where this race, this, the women's 10, does not have Schweizer, does not have Schneider, maybe doesn't have Cranny. And then it becomes Sisson, Huddle, Kellen Taylor, Emily Enfeld, Mariel Hall, Alicia Monson, a race like that for that, those three spots. Yeah. You talk about the men's 10? Men's 10. Again, so you got Lamong one, which I think that's fair. Kip Chircher two, and then True Fisher and Kincaid three, four, and five. Now Fisher and Kincaid just beat True, if I'm not mistaken, down in California in that 10K. But that's obviously a different type of race than what we'll see than we'll see at the trials. Yeah, I think True True is gonna. I mean, he was struggling to. I think he just showed that he had a big breakout in the 10K to be able to run that 2714. Yeah. And I don't think, I think True went into that race of like, I just got to get the standard. I don't think True mm-hmm. went into that race of being like, I'm going to try to win this race. I think he realized, all right, I'm on it. Like he had one goal, and the goal was the time, not his finish. And mm-hmm. I think now that he has the time, when he goes into a race where it's about his finish, He's a better he's a better racer than he is a time trialer, I think, because um, he tried a time trial multiple times in his ten and failed, but he figured it out, got the fast time because he's fit. I just think true true's a gamer, so that's why I have him third. Yeah, all right, that's then fair. Fisher that's then fair. His, but if, it kind of works out right because Fisher and Kincaid, they kind of well Fisher gets fourth here, then he comes back in the five k and gets his redemption. Is that how it's going to happen? Okay, there right. we go. You don't even need to watch the race. Gordon's got it. There it is. No, yeah, you could you could definitely see that. I it's going to be tough though for those for those doublers, it, it, even though there is a big break in between. I think it's going to be tough for people to to come back. Although we've seen it time and time again. Hurdle time, hurdle time here. Men's high hurdles: Holloway, Roberts, and then Mallet. Women's high hurdles: You have Ali, Harrison, Brissett, Marshall, McNeil, Clemens. Women's, I'm guessing, was a little harder to figure out the order than the men. Am I correct? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, choosing to put Ali over Harrison, I think everyone, it's, I think I had to do that because Ali's just been running faster times than Harrison, even though Harrison is the defending champ. Uh, but I think the Ali, Harrison, one, two, and then the rest is kind of just throw it in a bag and mix it up. Same thing on the men's side. Holloway and Roberts, one, two, then the rest. Throw well, it back Ali in, had so. the gold. I mean, Ali got the gold, though, in Doha, so I don't think anybody's going to argue with you putting her. Well, but Harrison won USA's. On... Okay. Harrison won USA's. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, Holloway, Roberts, and then I think it's just a big question mark for that third spot. Maybe Devin Allen gets in there. Aaron Mallett ran really well last year. We already did the women's low hurdles. The men's low hurdles, 
you know, it's Rye Benjamin, and then there's a significant gap back to everybody. I mean, I'm just guessing. I haven't seen your actual number rankings on here. You have Holmes and then Hall, Amir Latin, four, Norman Grimes, five. I think someone who's going to jump onto your list is is Selman, who just ran 48.87 in Texas, beat Amir Latin by a second. And the times were not fast, at, you know, as a whole at that meet, just because the, the the weather, but beating the number four runner on there by a by a second, I think we'll see Selman in your top 15. Yeah. But I don't want to, you know, I don't want to presume. I don't want to presume that that's what's going to happen to your rankings. But I'm just saying, as a commenter on your rankings, I think that could happen. Keep an eye on that. Yeah, that's going to change. That's going to change. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then let's close it out with Steeple, and we'll, we'll worry about because uh, we're coming up on an hour here. We'll worry about the field events on a, a later pod. But no, I want to talk about the field events today. No, we're talking about the field events. I have three field event questions I want to ask you. Steeple is chalk, chalk, catch, chalk man. for the women. I got a flight to catch. When's your flight? When's your flight? Eleven. Okay. 10. We'll let. All right. Eleven ten. Okay, so we'll 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 go quick here. Women's steeple chalk chalk chalk. Okay. It's the same every year. Yeah. It's always gonna be the same. And top top three. We know top three. Men, you had Jager second, uh behind uh Boar. I guess it's just, just lack of races, right? For Jager? Yeah. 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 Okay. So there we go. People don't need to I mean there's not much more complicated than that. Here's my my field event questions though. Can Javon okay, Harrison maybe. make both teams? Can Javon Harrison make the high jump team and the long jump team? Uh, high jump, yes, because I think you mean two thirty should get him in the top three. Uh, if you should, yeah, definitely in a high jump, he can make the high jump team. Long jump, I think it's a little more questionable. Well, even though wait, I you have, have him higher in the long one. jump though. I know, yeah, but I just feel like. High jump, the, the the establishment isn't there as much. I mean, Eric Kennard is really okay. the only guy who ever – but, like, in the long jump, Jeffrey Henderson shows up when it matters most. Mm-hmm. Will Clay is a gamer. You know, uh, Marquise Dendy's good. You know, so Marquise yeah. Goodwin, who the f- f- former Eagle – he was an Eagle for, like, a half second, <laughs> now back with the 49ers. Yeah. Uh, he, he's jumping again. I just feel like this more established – uh, shows up when it counts long jumpers than there are high jumpers. Okay. And so even though he's ranked number one, I can just see Goodwin, uh, Clay, and Henderson just jumping out of their mind and going one, two, three. Okay. My next field event question. Are you excited as I am about this Brittany Reese, Tara Davis battle in the women's long jump? It'd be pretty, looks pretty exciting. Yeah. Uh, I think though Tara Davis. I, I think Reese might. Reese might be the kind of slow, steady. I'm gonna jump seven meters every single jump and just like put Tara Davis on Tara Davis just on her heels. Uh, going, I think Tara Davis definitely is gonna at least finish second. I mean, she's gonna want to win, but there's gonna be. I feel like there's gonna be a lot of pressure on Davis because she's like the Olympics. I gotta make it, and like she might overthink it. There's uh. And Reese is like, I've been here, done that. And I just think I could see Davis getting to the lead. Being, I can see Davis getting in the lead after the first three jumps. Then Reese mm-hmm. in her fourth jump in the finals just like edges her. And then Davis just like foul, foul, foul. Because then she's like overcompensates. Like, oh, I got to try to get it back. And she'll just like stay. I think Tara, Tara will be in first through three. Reese will take first. After You're getting the fourth v- jump. 
and then Davis will foul the final four, the final three jumps, and just finish second. That's what I think. You're getting very specific with your picks. I'm just saying it's exciting. You have the the the, yes. the newcomer person, the young youngster versus the. I mean, Brittany Reese is one of the most underrated uh, careers out there. The amount, the amount of gold she's won, the, the win streak that she had at global championships was 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 mighty impressive. But Davis with the indoor and then outdoor collegiate records back to back. She's on fire right now. It's just exciting. It's going to be an exciting event to watch, women's long jump at trials. And then the last one, men's triple, you have Will Clay ranked ahead of Christian Taylor, which which is crazy because, uh, you know, Christian Taylor has, you know, other you know, he wins everything. He's got six golds. The The only time he, he, he didn't win one, he was fourth at a global outdoor championship. Clay finished third. So Clay's looking for his first outdoor gold medal. I looked it up all time in the triple jump. Uh, Taylor leads 27 to 23. So closer than I thought, but it's a different story when it comes to major championships. Yeah. And Will Clay's jumped over 18 meters. Yes. So Christian Taylor has as not has jumped Christian over 18 Taylor. meters, but not in the past yeah, year. Oh, no. Okay. You're talking about, uh, oh yeah. I, Since 2019. Ever, you're talking about... Oh, ever. But like, we got to get like Will Clay is going to go in with the fastest, like most recent, with not fastest, the best most recent mark, <laughs> jumping eighteen fourteen. Christian Taylor's jumped seventeen ninety two. Yeah. Uh, You're giving like, weight to it. Little, I'm giving weight to it. Okay. And you see Christian Taylor right. go out there and jump an eighteen meter, and then maybe I'll flip it back to. Hey, Christian Taylor wins okay. all the time. Maybe this is one time Will Clay's like, I got you back. <laughs> well, it's, it's just, sometimes. it's just. It's just crazy. They've been going back and like forth since since college. It's just it's yeah. a cool it's a cool rivalry. So I hope we get at least one one or two more years out of it. Okay, we'll leave it there. Uh, full rankings are on the site flowtrack.org. Uh, subscribe to the podcast uh, on YouTube. Like this page. Thanks everybody f- who tuned in live. We appreciate it. We'll try to do it again. Um, Gordon, you got to catch the flight, so I'll let you go. Thanks to Lon for producing. We'll talk to you guys on Wednesday.